0: all right welcome everyone episode 37 of the wide lens podcast i've got my co-host here john sim and we're going to cover the latest topics in financial markets and we're recording this on friday the 17th of march 2023 and happy national prawn day Oh. Did you know that? No, that's yeah. a good one. National Prawn Day. Sophie Monk is the ambassador.
1: In Australia. Yeah. Fantastic. What the fuck is this world coming I do, to? I do love prawns.
0: That was on the news this morning. <laughs> as I was getting my <laughs> granola in the kitchen this morning. National prawn day. They gotta
1: they gotta promote the industry, right?
0: Mate. There are banks collapsing in the world around the world. People are thousands of people losing jobs, and here we are talking about National Prawn Day.
1: That's gonna keep the economy afloat, don't you know? Gotta buy okay. and eat prawns.
0: All right, what are we doing? Uh, let's do a wrap-up of the week just gone. So let me bring this first chart up here now. So we've got the Aussie market the in, red, in orange, the US market in purple, the NASDAQ in green, European stocks in blue, and emerging markets in red. And we've had a pretty, pretty turbulent week. It's, uh, it's a lot of volatility there. Um, least to say. So Aussie market down about five percent. US market down two and a quarter. Surprised me. Nasdaq's up 06 of a percent. European stocks down three and a half, and emerging markets down two and a quarter percent for the week. Um, bring up the year-to-date numbers here now. Let's have a look at those. This this also surprised me when I when I ran these numbers last night. We've got the. The Aussie market again in orange, US in purple, the NASDAQ in green, Europe in blue, and emerging markets in red. And emerging markets are flat for the year, or I shouldn't say flat, they're down 1%. The Australian market, after all of its close to new record highs and how well it's done, it's now back down 0.6 of a percent. European stocks have given up quite a bit, and we'll talk a bit about Credit Suisse and everything that's going on today. Uh, Down, up 5%, the US stock market continues to uh, look quite resilient, notwithstanding the events Mm -hmm. of the last few days, up 4%. Mate, look at the NASDAQ. It's up almost 15% year to date. Mm -hmm. Remember when 2022, there was a tech wreck? Like, what 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 happened to that?
1: Well, there's a bit more confidence now that uh, that rescue package has come out from the Fed as well.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of stuff we're going to cover today, and I think most of it's going to be focused in in one area. But the last last couple of last couple of economic re- releases before this morning, which we'll, which we'll touch on, we had uh, in the US we had PPI miss, uh, purchase price index. The manufacturing is starting to turn. Retail sales were broadly in line with with with, uh, with forecasts. European stocks were about two percent um, down, and treasury yields were plunging. And the only asset that's rallying yesterday was, uh, was Bitcoin. And I've seen some numbers in the dock that you've got. And I think yeah. this is the longest doc we've actually ever had. So, uh, let's see how
1: US employment numbers were, came in pretty good last oh, night. Oh, That was well. last
0: night. Yep, yep. 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 Um, so I think this image probably sums up how things are looking right now. There's just fire everywhere. Smoke, uh, Acting as a ceiling on the roof, and we're having our coffee, and everything is just just dandy and just <laughs> fine, just fine. Um, look, I might hand over to you, John, and why don't we kick off with with what you got for us? Over to you, mate.
1: Yeah, look, uh, the headlines around the world for the last week have been pretty turbulent regarding the collapse of uh, SVB, uh, which is. Um, uh, which is a big one. The, the recent headlines over the last couple of days was around Credit Suisse as well, them having problems.
0: So we've forgotten about SVB and we're on to Credit Suisse now. We're on to Credit
1: Suisse. Well, we, we forgot about Silvergate uh, and, um, <laughs> and Signature Bank, <laughs> actually, before that. So it, it, there, there's been a number of banks that have failed or are looking like they're going to fail. And a, a massive contagion effect... That that's causing around the world in the banking systems. Um, so there's, you know, our topic today is the great financial crisis of confidence. And I think Did that's... Did you make that up? I read it somewhere. Oh, that's pretty good. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, but the biggest one uh, that came out last last night or the night before was uh, Credit was surging 40% after Swiss central banks pledge funding to, to basically bail them out. So 50 billion francs from the Swiss National Bank, uh, the Credit Suisse are able to borrow now, um, which is which is unprecedented. Mm. It's massive. And, you know, what's the state of play? How, how, how do you go from a failure of uh, SVB, a $212 billion regional bank with a really concentrated deposit base to, you know, venture cap startup firms in the US, uh, to Credit Suisse, which is, you know, one of the bastions of uh, the world banking system and, you know, so supposed to be one of the, the big big organisations that are eff- effectively allowing uh, international trade to, to to go into crisis.
0: Credit Suisse, though, sorry to interject, the, the share price has been on a downward trajectory for the oh, last for six time. years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just... the. the if that chart just looks shit.
1: Yeah. I mean it's been one of the sickest members of the, They've the been Euro, so problematic. Euro banking industry. Yeah. So twenty ten they had a major loss on junk bond trades. Did you
0: turn the life support off this thing?
1: Hmm. Well what it, does that is, do? is it too big to fail? A lot of a lot of wealthy people around the world have their money with Credit Suisse.
0: Since and the since the GFC, this thing has gone no it has It's gone
1: nowhere. So so the Saudi National Bank and, and a group of Saudi investors—they have about a ten percent stake mm. in Credit Suisse, which is—is
0: so that for money laundering purposes? Is that why it exists?
1: Well, I think it's oil money, but uh, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, look, they've—they've they've been the center of massive losses. You know, they were involved in the Archegos Capital Management loss, which was founded by Bill Huang, the, who lost twenty billion dollars in two days. Mm. Um, so, Credit Suisse yeah. lost four point seven billion dollars out of that. Green Seal Capital, similar story. They lost 10 billion in funds for a supply chain finance firm. And yeah, so, you know, they've wiped out probably 7.3 billion francs last year, and that's equivalent to a decade worth of profit for them. Yeah, so it's pretty big, pretty big. So investors aren't happy. Share price has taken a big slamming. I think they're, what, down to two?
0: Uh, so what it do drop 30% and then climb 40% was that
1: Yeah, yeah, over 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 a couple of days. It's literally 2 days. Yeah. So in the fourth quarter of last year, outflows were 110 billion francs, Swiss francs. Mm. So they they they're going into a period of uh, a liquidity crisis and potentially a, a solvency crisis as people start withdrawing their money from the bank. There's a loss of confidence. Do so they
0: eventually become nationalized? Well, potentially.
1: At it's this still rate, on a downward they've trend. Got to, they've still got to pledge security to, to access this 50 billion francs. They're, I think they're on life support, right? They've got to restructure the business uh, to make it profitable.
0: The whole thing's fucked. Yeah,
1: basically. But that's it. That's basically. the bottom line. So this, this, this lifeline, I think, um, puts a bit of an easing of pressure on, on, on investor confidence uh, and 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 that are we kicking the you can, can, can see that down in the, road. the share price, right? Forty percent growth, but are we
0: kicking the can down the road? I reckon.
1: I think we are until they can restructure the business, make it profitable, um, or you know, sell sell some parts of the business that are unprofitable and restructure restructure. I think there's a, a long way to go for them. So
0: so we saw we had Silvergate, we had SVB, Credit Suisse. Uh, I think there's another one. As of this morning, Signature Bank. Signature oh, bank. Oh, well,
1: this morning, this morning was uh, um, Liberty First Republic. First Republic. So, First I don't know Republic where First bank. Republic
0: sits in the grand scheme of things, but
1: well, the, the U.S. banks just launched a thirty billion dollar rescue plan. So, they've, the major banks, including let's see, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, have have all put in money as deposit with First Republic Bank to stem this spiraling of confidence. And this loss of confidence in the in the global banks. It's system. like
0: you remember at school, like you know your poor mates didn't have any money, so you'd give them a bit of money <laughs> yeah, for lunch. <laughs>
1: yeah. Give them a bit of a <laughs> it's, handout. It's
0: inevitable. Like you can't. That's that's not a permanent solution to resolving this thing. So if if you remember, this whole thing started with a crypto crash. We had the tech wreck. We had IPOs drying up, and then we had years of loose monetary policy in the most aggressive rate hike all in in rate cycle in history I mean has this whole thing been unfolding in front of our eyes and we've just been blind to this rate
1: hike cycle has basically triggered this contagion you know have they gone too far rising interest rates too fast where basically these companies you know they've got long term strategies and you know, they're investing on these on, on these longer-term strategies and suddenly, you know, you've got rates rising so fast their strategies can't keep up and they can't pivot and the whole thing breaks, right? It's a really interesting one. But, you know, when you're comparing SVB to Credit Suisse, what does it really come down to? It's the profitability of who they've been lending to, right? So Credit Suisse, you've got all these cases where they've lent to shonky, shonky businesses and, and in, the, in the case of SBB, you've got uh, basically interest rate rises stopping VCs giving startups money and therefore startups still having this massive cash burn and needing to withdraw deposits to basically fund uh, ongoing business operations uh, in an unprofitable, um, you know, they may be in growth phase. Um, and, and that causing basically the downfall of the bank.
0: Do you want to talk about, for those that maybe aren't aware yeah, Whereas I mean, maybe, let's, let's, maybe living let's, in a cave and not know what happened. Yeah, but let's do you let's, go, run go, run let's start
1: it? with, I think the crypto banks, so Silvergate and Signature Bank, were you know they're this 110 billion dollar bank, Signature Bank, so um, not not insignificant. So what did these crypto banks allow? So they ran these blockchain systems for crypto, which effectively allowed around the clock. Transfer of of funds. So, um, Silvergate had uh, the Send network, and Signature Bank had Signet. And since 2019, these banks have been responsible for over two trillion dollars of digital market transfer flows. So, if you think about uh, what what that is, um, when you compare that to how you transfer money at a traditional bank. So traditional bank, you know, there's a batch orientated system. They do it in batch payments. And typically your money takes, you know, well, now it's a lot quicker in, in Australia with OSCO. OSCO is OSCO's pretty quick these days is um, quick. between banks. But in the US, it can take up to 72 hours for that to clear. So when you're looking at crypto trading being a 24-hour thing, you know, you've got this mismatch between timing of of cash. So these these two banks which were moving $2 trillion worth of fund flow was pretty critical in terms of uh, the crypto market and crypto trading and, and allowing that, that industry to work effectively. So for these, they're still in operation now. They're operated via um, you know, new vehicles, uh, not, not, not the uh, ones that have gone into administration, but there's massive cost implications for crypto if, if, if these networks um, basically stop working. So why did these businesses collapse? So Silvergate collapsed due to a significant decrease in digital asset deposits following the collapse of FTX. So mm-hmm. FTX was a big trigger for, for this whole crypto bank uh, um, basically collapse collapsing. Um, so they had to restructure their balance sheets because a lot of that was tied up in uh, FTX funds. Um, and during, during the Silvergate crash, clients withdrew $8.1 billion dollars from that bank in, in one day. And, and what happened was, you know, these deposit funds, they just didn't leave that lying as cash in the bank. They were um, in investing that in, in bond products, right? So the bank was the bank was. So, you know, maybe Rob, you can give our listeners a bit of an insight into, into those bond products and how they worked I mean, they, you know, they were sort SVB of... SVB specifically or just... Just in general. I mean, when, when you're buying a bond product at, call it a 1.5% yield uh, and, and it had a, a long date of maturity, for yeah. example, like a 10-year maturity, what, what, what does that actually mean uh, when 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 they go and have to sell that now in a high so, di- higher interest rate environment, yeah, for so
0: example? And, and, and this has become pretty clear now after the fact, especially with SVB, having taken so much deposits through the booming y- years... Uh, leading up to the pandemic they had. I don't know what the dollar amount is, but they saw huge growth. And you see, you see that in the share price. Um, I, wrote, I wrote a piece on that earlier this week. Uh, and you can see the share price just going absolutely bananas. And the bank needs to obviously do something with that money. Um, Aussie banks typically lend that money out to, to borrowers. Uh, but if you've got s- such a, a large amount of excess deposits, what the bank banks do, and I'll talk about this later on, and in SVB's case – um, they went and bought US 10-year US treasuries at one and a half percent when interest rates were much lower now what ha- happens is with your bonds as interest rates start to rise the value of one's bond that is paying a one and a half percent yield becomes effectively becomes less valuable to investors and the value if that bond was purchased at a hundred dollars, the bond starts to fall in value until the the yield or the return resembles something like what one would be receiving if they bought a bond today. So in SVB's case, you've got a hundred dollar um, bond. They went and bought well. Some people are arguing that they're not long dated bonds. They're not thirty year bonds. They're you know people are saying just relax. They're ten years. Like how how is supposed how, how is anyone supposed to fathom that this could yeah. even be possible and happen.
1: But I mean so interest rates have risen so fast effectively that you know now that deposits have been withdrawn they've got to return that deposit money in cash back well, to the Well deposit deposits deposits being holders. withdrawn
0: I think it's important to uh, uh, explain why as as we so- started to see a lot of the the VC and venture capital um, and private equity world really start to slow down these things these guys are still burning through a lot of cash right so they're pulling cash out of the bank in order to pay rent, pay payroll, pay taxes, and, and yeah. expenses don't stop. And the banks effectively run out of money. And so they've had to go and effectively sell down all of these assets. Yeah,
1: long-dated investments.
0: With yeah. almost a $2 billion loss. And all of a sudden, their capital ratios become very problematic. Yeah. They can't raise the capital. They, they try to do a capital raise. It, they just shit the bed and nothing yeah. happened. And so then all of a sudden, we had a classic bank run.
1: Yep. So, I mean, we're going from SVB, from Silvergate to SVB here, but um, back to Silvergate, which was involved in the FTX collapse, um, they, they made a loss of a $1 billion, um, and then the Federal Home Loan Bank of San Francisco um, demanded that they repay a $4.3 billion loan, and basically that caused a delay in their annual reports, um, going they need to reevaluate their losses mm-hmm. and leading to their eventual liquidation. So you've got the whole crypto industry caught up in this as well because for example uh, the you know on crypto there's um, stable coins which are effectively uh, not, not stable uh, not stable now <laughs> well they are peg a dollar to dollar with um, with US dollars US dollar. deposited in these banks right and and basically they're they're losing their pegs because um, that that money that's been effectively held up in these longer term duration bonds um is now worth less and therefore the whole thing's depegging. So at one point USDC, which is a circle issued stablecoin, they were falling from a dollar to eighty seven cents.
0: That was on the weekend. That's right, that was on Saturday. So there was we're, we were at a wedding and one of my cousins pulls out his phone. He's like, oh, USDC, shit itself. <laughs> I'm like, "Buy, man. Bye.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, you probably would have made money if you bought because the Federal Reserve yeah. obviously were guaranteeing the, the deposit holders. Um, so it's a really interesting one. When we look at crypto now, if we bring up Bitcoin as a graph, that's that was up since all these this news last week. It's gone up 31%. Uh, which is that is, one of your technical charts? That's one of my technical charts that I, I love looking at. TradingView, great platform. It is good, actually. Yeah, really good. So um, why is Bitcoin up? So a number of, number of reasons. There's, you know, insulated networks like Bitcoin, they, they're now looking more attractive because people are looking at stable coins and going, well, There's there may be a, a, a further contagion risk with um, stable coins holding deposits in these crypto banks. Um, mm. And so that, that's a big one. The other one is that uh, confidence was really rattled. And so there was, you know, if you, if you look for the 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 prior few days before that, there was a big drop when consumer confidence was rattled. But now that the US government's propped up the banks, that's increased consumer confidence and confidence in the market. And naturally, um, you know, Bitcoin kind of does follow consumer confidence and, and that's, Back up as well.
0: So none of this has changed what Bitcoin resembles. In other words, a risky asset.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't think that's changed, but uh, I think there's been a shift from, uh, you know, people holding their money in stablecoin and, and now flipping that, potentially into Bitcoin.
0: Where we close at twenty five thousand?
1: Yeah. Yep. So I think it's 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 actually up for the year as well. Um, Maybe we got to add
0: Bitcoin to the uh, to the. Market wrap charts every uh, yeah
1: should see where it's going. So let's let's move on to Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, we, you know we sort of touched on that uh, being being a big VC startup bank, um, and with uh, VC investing mm. slowing due to rising interest rates and and, and lack of growth, um, you know startups burning through cash and and basically yes, similar story with, with the bonds. Um, they they invested in a lot, lot of long dated bonds without any hedging which is probably not a smart move, um, knowing where interest rates are going. And they needed to raise another $2.25 billion to shore up the balance sheet to allow for uh, that run on deposits. Um, and, you know, it, it's a big big problem for the tech industry. I, I'm still yet to research how that's going to affect um, tech businesses in the short term who have m- had money with the bank, given that, yeah, you know, the money's the still locked g- up by the government. Sure. So for, for, for the meantime, how are they going to pay wages, run their businesses? So there's definitely a, a, a solvency event for a lot of these small you startups.
0: Surely there's some leniency.
1: Yeah,
0: maybe there, a lifeline's gonna be.
1: be provided by somebody. But I'm I'm sure that they're still not able to access the money at the moment.
0: I, I'm yeah, I don't I don't know whether they're able to access it or not.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and that may be a short term Thing and I, I'm sure it will because the, gov- the government, uh, U.S. government is uh, trying to instill confidence back into the market. So I'm sure that will be resolved fairly quickly. But it'd be interesting to see if you know anyone's got any mates in U.S. tech startup to see what what the goal is there.
0: I was reading. I was reading Canvas being caught up in 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 with SVP uh, as well. Yeah, it didn't sort of give too much away. So
1: yeah yeah I'm sure they've got a big u s operation so yeah. I'm sure they've got their their yeah. money tied up there but you know I've heard that it's not just tech startups there's you know big payroll companies that are that have their money with SVB that are obviously impacted and and can't can't do payroll for a lot of people in other than other industries right um, so I think there is a contagion effect to it at least the government has stepped in to uh, guarantee deposits but you know shareholders and, um, you know, executives, etc. you know, they're going to basically wipe their, wipe their money.
0: Well, what's supposed to happen? What Fucking get bailed out every time. Well, like what's the risk in that? Like if every company is getting bailed out, what is the risk of owning stocks?
1: <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because sometimes you get too big to fail, right? Like Credit Suisse, for example, and, and, and they need to be bailed out. Mm. So it's a really interesting one when you get too big to fail, suddenly...
0: Different rules for different...
1: Different rules apply. Yeah,
0: yeah. Although what's also interesting is what's the point of having the FDIC insured amount at $250,000 and now you've just basically backstop every dollar that anyone every deposits dollar. at a bank... It's out of control. ...is effectively insured. Yeah. What's the point of this, this insurance? I mean, was it merely to... Boost up confidence post GFC that we'll stump up the 250 per person, and now the rules have changed. The rules it's, have changed, yeah. We're, we're going to support so everybody. JP
1: Morgan says these Fed loans will provide two trillion dollars mm-hmm. in in liquidity, which is effectively enough to backstop the country's entire national deposits, uh, which is pretty in, pretty pretty crazy. If you read this Fed statement, the feds Fed came out with this statement. Uh, a couple of days ago, to support American businesses and households, the Federal Reserve Board on Sunday announced it will make available additional funding to eligible depository institutions to assure uh, banks have the ability to meet the needs of all their depositors. This action will bolster the capacity of the banking system to safeguard deposits and ensure the ongoing provision of money and credit to the economy. The Federal Reserve is prepared to address any liquidity pressures that may arise so they're, they're really stamping their feet down and saying hey the banking system is safe it's secure um, Well, what
0: else are they going to say <laughs> yeah
1: yeah don't run for the hills yet don't don't um store your money under the mattress
0: do you think do you think it could be possible at all possible so before you made a comment i can't remember what you said that the the fast rate hike cycle has caused this to happen do you feel I feel like the the rates have been rising and then no one's been flinching. Everyone's been pretending that it's not impacting me. Yeah. And it's just gotten to a point where they're just like, can't bear this anymore. And the floodgates have just opened and now this thing's almost running rampage. It's it's a huge storm.
1: It's like cracks in a dam, right? The water's sort of, you know, you can see it slowly trickling out. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the dam structure looks okay. Everything looks okay from afar. You look up close, there's all these holes they're trying to plug and suddenly you're seeing all these more cracks form and bang. Suddenly you're going to see floodgates just open up, right?
0: With And you're probably going to talk about it, about regional banks and, and so forth and, and maybe this question's premature. Do you think it's possible that this – and it sounds bizarre when I say the words out of my mouth, but let me say it. Could we have dodged a bullet here by this being the outcome – and the consequence of uh, the rate hikes. I mean, if this didn't happen, imagine if this didn't happen, right? And you're still getting these reasonably strong economic data points coming out, especially out of the US. And the US was nowhere near stopping. They were, mate, foot on the gas, whiskey in one mm. hand, and you're on, right? Like, is this the saving grace?
1: It's a good question. I, I, I think it's a, it's just a band-aid solution
0: What's the band aid?
1: All, all this government support, right for, for 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 bank depositories. So what are they supposed to do? Well, I, yeah, that's that's the question. What what else can you do? I mean, you've got on one hand, you know, rapid inflation, record low unemployment. Everything seems to go fine and dandy. They've got a they've got to put a dampener on on demand for for, for goods, right, to to reduce inflation. Um, but that's now causing all these other issues in the in 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 the banking sector, right? I don't know confidence to me still is is uh, uh, quite low. I think it's quite a fragile system. So the banking sector as a whole seems pretty fragile. If you look at how quickly this happens, uh, with with the contagion of, of of confidence and how quickly people are moving now, it's like the speed of light. People are just going yeah, Let's put in a let's put in a TT, RTGS request and draw all our money out of the bank and suddenly you've got a bank run and the whole thing the whole thing collapses, right? You don't have
0: to line up outside of a branch anymore.
1: Right? No, you don't have to line up for your money, right? You just basically go bang, 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 <laughs> online request and and things are happening at the speed of light, really quick. So once there's a loss of confidence, I think things can happen pretty quickly and and and, and the way that they've backstopped this uh, very quickly and put these measures in place. I think is a yeah big kudos to them for doing that because well, the ECB otherwise this contagion could have got a lot worse.
0: Well the ECB came out last night. We were chatting last night. Um, this morning they came out and raised by half a percentage point. So we're um, the euro cash rate sitting at like three and a half percent now. And I feel like they've always sort of been a little bit behind relative to that of the US and, and Australia mm. as well so they I feel like they've if they hadn't they're still sitting on the lower end of the the, the cash rate spectrum yeah. if you look glo- if you look globally um, in a statement the ECB acknowledged financial market tensions quote unquote and it was ready to step in as necessary quote the euro area banking sector is resilient with strong capital and liquidity positions the statement reads. The ECB's policy toolkit is fully equipped to provide liquidity support to the euro area financial system if needed. Missing from the statement, however, were hints about what the ECB will do next. Um, They go on to say um, the euro area's inflation problem began as one of the large, largely stemmed from the fallout of Russia invasion of Ukraine that drove up energy prices. Now its inflation problem is starting to resemble that of the US supply demand um, imbalance. So, do you think inflation is going to be higher for longer? What's What's no, your No, I, I I mean, event. I don't know. I I believe it, it's coming down. If you have a look at some of the numbers that we're seeing now, with um, especially with fuel uh, employment, in yeah, a, petrol prices going down, which is good. Yeah, I don't know what petrol, what fuel, energy makes up of of the of CPI, but <clears throat> seeing that but the us numbers came in again and there it's not it's just sticky it is mm. really really sticky and maybe we're just not going to see this dramatic decline that everyone had been expecting this transitory rise and then uh, decline you know we've spoken over the last few weeks now maybe it's just going to be sitting there for a little for a little while to come and maybe these interest rate hikes that we've seen are now starting to uh, make its way through the system, yeah. yeah, and maybe we just have to let the thing wash through the pipes and the yeah. plumbing, yeah, to let it, to 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 see what happens. Um, the 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 data we saw coming out of the U.S. isn't as positive as it seems. You know, last week we talked about the city city economic surprise index, where you've got more data coming out, surprising on the downside. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think everything is sunshine and rainbows at the moment. That there there is some doom and gloom, and there are some pretty dark clouds. But it just doesn't seem to be thunderstorm and pissing down with rain at the moment. But maybe it's coming. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, yeah. Again, I talk about that fragility and and confidence, and and that's that's for me a, a big big low. Um, yeah, it's speaking of interest rates. The stats say there's a 72% chance, chance that Central Bank will keep rates on hold at 3.6 in Australia.
0: Oh, Australia. Yep. Yeah, right. Well, it's kind of like the ECB just raised.
1: ECB just raised, but in Australia there's a 72% chance that they'll keep it on hold based on surveys. Whether that that actually happens, we'll see in April. Um, what's, your, really
0: what's your guess on what uh, Central Bank, I mean, the US is next week, I think 27th or 28th of March, the – the Federal Reserve got their interest rate decision, and then we've got a week after. We've got we've yeah. Got I mean, there's
1: there's there's been a lot of highly um, impactful news over the last week in terms of that 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 could have big ramifications. Was that scripted.
0: For highly impactful news. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: unscripted. That's good. Um, but uh, you know, the, I, I I think. It would be remiss of the RBA not to wait and see what the implications of all this mm. is, and and hold
0: for a little bit to see how, how it all plays out. Can you imagine, like the world's falling apart, and then the Federal Reserve raise interest rates again? <laughs> like, yeah that that would be that would be that would be wild. Rates, sh- knowing what we know now, in the absence of any other new information that is sup- that is supportive of a rate high surely rates stay on hold yeah they have to yeah. they have
1: to they have to well probability says they they should be on hold um, so that, that that's an interesting one um, I think for credit Swiss there's still going to be profitability challenges going ahead so this is again feels like a band-aid um, to say hey look uh, you know the Swiss Swiss uh, Swiss um, central banks are willing to prop credit Swiss up but I think until they Get back to profitability. There's still going to be a little bit of uh, a, sh- a shock in confidence in terms of. Do you remember when people
0: continue to, to fund Credit Suisse? Do you remember when Kevin Rudd stumped up the, the manufacturing industry in in Australia, mm. and everyone's like, "Dude, this this thing's fucking dying." Like, what? and he spent like two billion dollars or something, or one point seven. Can't remember the number. Do you feel like, I mean, if you have a look at SVB's share price. I mean, it was telling you something well and truly in advance. I don't know who these people were that were selling well and truly in advance. Credit Suisse stock price is telling you the same thing. It's just been on a downward spiral ever since. Do you think what's happened now, and in in light of what we've in light of what we've seen, do you think the financial industry or the sector has changed forever? In terms, no, of... I
1: think these 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 banks have made. Uh, you know, well, one's a concentration risk to a certain sector. Who, the who, other one is a, un, a, a loss
0: in profitability. To but whoever thought about this, John? Whoever thought about who is our customer base? Did have you ever read or seen or heard of an analyst talking about customer base concentration mm. risk? I've never. I have. I have. Yeah.
1: when you well, I, look at S and P ratings for the
0: banks? Oh. Um, don't get me started on fucking bank ratings. Moody's just came out and downgraded the banks. Get the fuck out of here. How how useful is that to anybody right now? Yeah, that's You're right. It's still in my thunder here. That was in my notes <laughs> later on. The <But> Moody's <laughs> came out and downgraded the, the global banking sector. Yeah, look, these
1: analysts are looking at, at what sectors these banks are investing in and who they're lending to and, and how diverse that is and structurally how stable I'm is. I'm not reading enough, clearly. <laughs> I used to work for the banks, so I, I do know that there's a big focus on on um, capital controls to certain sectors and and, and how much and, and where where those funds flow, um, so some banks are obviously doing it better than others, and some banks are profitable and some are not. And I think the ones that are not profitable are obviously going to take more of a hit in terms of loss of confidence and and run on deposits. Um, so that that's that's my two cents on on where where you should be looking in terms of a contagion effect for for. Um, uh, again a run on the bank
0: so bank of america um quote bloomberg bank of america mopped up more than 15 billion dollars in new deposits in a matter of days as customers fearful of a spreading crisis from the failure of these small smaller lenders sought refuge in the firms seen as too big to fail yeah
1: look i i, I it's like a flight to safety right and and you need a strong banking system to promote growth and innovation and continued GDP growth right um, and so the, the banks can't fail but at the same time I, I think of a, a tree that needs to be pruned you know you need to cut some of these uh, you know dead parts off to inhibit new growth um, and you know banks that are not profitable or haven't been doing well there's, there's there's a reason for that and and you know people are voting with their their, their dollars and, and moving moving their money out.
0: Do you think there's a there's a there's a distinction now between so the GFC everybody was vulnerable it was just it was game on and there was nowhere to hide. Do you think at, at this point in time that there's p- potentially this distinction between the the likes of regional banks versus your top your, your top tier banks?
1: I think after the GFC, there's been a lot of new regulation that uh, have put in place effective guardrails to prevent, uh, you know, big, big banking crisis. So if you look at this next graph um, on US bank failures, you look at after the GFC, I mean, there was, there was a lot of banks in 08 to um, 2012, uh, US banks that, that failed. So... You know, in '09, in there's over 135, 140. I think it was 140 banks that failed in the US. And, you know, there's basically Basel requirements globally, which is an international standard for um, capital requirements and liquidity requirements that were put in place to ensure that banks had sufficient liquidity um, to meet um, a, 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 a withdrawal, a big withdrawal of deposits to a certain extent. And, and as you can see, that, that's had a positive impact on US bank failures um, over the next sort of decade. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of now safeguards in place that have protected the banking and financial system um, uh, since the GFC. Uh, but it, it seems like things are moving quickly. So if, if confidence is, is low, then it can still happen. Um, but...
0: The US have stepped Where do you in put America your money, to... Bitcoin? <laughs>
1: I've, I've still got a little bit of money in Bitcoin. I
0: think I do as well. <laughs> Good to see it going up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, well, the US government's saying you can trust the bank, banks and your deposits are guaranteed, so...
0: Look, I think you're your right. Money, One, your once down. that trust has has deteriorates and is gone, it is incredibly difficult to try and, try and win that back. And then, you I mean, if you don't have a strong fluid and working banking system, we've got big problems. Yeah,
1: massive problems. So inflation will be the, the, the least of our issues. Everything will probably – yeah, well, inflation will go up because uh, things will stop working. Do we know right.
0: what happened to bondholders with SVB? Like where, where, where all that sits? No. I must admit I don't, I don't know.
1: No. no. Don't I know? assume they're, they're, they're ranking behind deposit holders. So if there's any – Money left over. Well, no mon-
0: There wasn't even enough money for the deposit holders. Well, then, then it's wiped, I assume. Safe bonds. Safe bonds. Safe bank bonds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right.
1: But uh, I think bottom line is more bailouts are inevitable.
0: Um, are we just going to become more indebted? Is the US going to become more and more and more indebted now? I mean,
1: we just well, can't look at they. They just keep raising the debt ceiling. I don't think they can stop.
0: And do you think then the the? I think
1: the a third of um their. Their GDP goes to to paying off shit, paying off their interest bills. Their own debt, for their, their own debt, uh, and then another third goes to their war machine, and then a third goes to improving the economy and infrastructure.
0: Great, one third. <laughs> uh, I, I, rem- I remember during the, I remember post pandemic, uh, the GFC. I think was a turning point where we noticed bank, uh, we noticed governments and treasury becoming more and more engrossed in. Just the financial world, right? Um, you know, they talk about price stability and full employment. You know, they've got uh, two two mandates, mm. but it appears that they've got these uh, un, unofficial mandates um, that seems to have broadened their scope of work or involvement. The GFC, uh, and then we saw COVID, where they the the US started going and buying um, bond ETFs, and I feel like they've become so engrossed and ingrained in the everyday uh, developments of the financial world. Again, this is yet another example of uh, really you know, sticking your boots into Mm. this thing and becoming far more engrossed in it all that, that you just over time, you can't, you can't pull your wife. You you can't pull yourself away from it anymore. Yeah. You, you've, you've, you're more than dating. you're, You're married and you've, 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 you've got your vows and whatnot. And, and I just can't see how we go back from here. Yeah.
1: On another topic, uh, what's your view on uh, ETFs and if they're going to continue to be a, a, a good place to put your money?
0: Why would they not be a good place to put your money? Well, I mean, they, they've been doing
1: well in a, you know, you, I, I liken it to uh, the the situation where, you know, a high tide lifts all boats, right? Where, you know, during a, a, an interest rate decreasing environment, Ethereal bonds can, or
0: equities, like what are you talking yeah, about?
1: Yeah, call it call it equities, uh, equity ETFs. Um, you know that that tide's lifting all the boats, so the the whole ETF market's you know racing up. But in a rising interest rate environment, is it better to go, um, you know, more concentrated, specialized, specific, and and try and pick winners because you know, well, the broader overall market do do uh, continue to do the growth that it's done in the last sort of 20 years right
0: i think it depends on the asset class like we've talked about unlisted alternative assets i mean there's no real index or market for that so it's it's impossible for you to go and effectively put your money into like an etf like mm. vehicle to give you that that exposure but I, I, like i hear this question all the time and not to to you, I think the dumb question because the, an ETF is simply a reflection uh, and a mirror of whatever market it is that you're looking at buying. And so it's just it's just the exposure. And so if, if we're saying that do we think ETFs are not going to work in this environment, what we're saying is the S&P 500 is not going to work in this environment. The NASDAQ Composite or the NASDAQ 100 is not going to work in this environment. And so if that is your view, then sure, you can go and find – uh specialized stock pickers to go mm. and do that but if you have a look at the data and what the data tell us is is that they've done an incredibly poor and inconsistent job at doing that. Yeah. You know, every year you hear this year is the year for stock pickers. This year is the year of stock pickers. And yeah, there are and so there are select years that that year is the year for stock pickers but to 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 go and say that um, to go and say that every single year is it just becomes the boy who cried wolf. You just don't believe them anymore. And when you have a look at the data, I don't have the data in front of me and I'm happy to show you um, offline. Yeah, that's all right. But it, uh, active funds management in certain asset classes, especially equities, because it's so information rich. It is so liquid. It is so, um, what's the word? It's just a market that you just can't like what's your edge man like mm. there is so much um, rich information that's readily and publicly available that it makes it difficult for you to get ahead of the game. Having said that, um, if you look at the bond market for example um, there there are segments in the bond market where simply going long on an index has there are there are pockets where you can where active management does does work and does help. I mean, one of the questions that's been posed is, who the hell was advising SVB to go and buy long-dated treasuries? Yeah, yeah. When Especially Crazy. when rates are rising. Yeah. I mean, we do that now. wealth management firm. We went short duration some years ago because of where things were at. And, I mean, if wealth management firms doing that... It's nuts. It's the fucking 16th yeah. biggest bank in the US. Why and, the hell and, unhedged. And, and unhedged. And and unhedged. I've got a chart on, the, on this later on. So... Yeah. To answer your question, I I, I I think what you're asking is more so to do about not so much ETFs because ETFs are just a reflection of the market. That's yeah. all it is, right? Uh, is Are we going to be better off trying to pick um, active managers that are going to do that? I mean, intuitively, the answer is yes. But when you go back and have a look, the data tells you that it's not, it, it doesn't work. They yeah, just over can't long durations, do it. yep. I mean, over long periods of time, and I say long, year, long is five years. You've got something like seventy to eighty percent of active managers underperforming their benchmark. Yeah, I remember we talked about this. Yeah, like I, I just—they are not odds that I would go and roll the mm. dice on. If I'm at the casino and the casino is telling you you've got an eighty percent chance of loss, twenty percent chance of winning, like would you take those odds? You're fucking insane to take yeah, those odds, yeah. right? You're drunk. Yeah. So. I would apply that to to investing. Same thing. Sorry, you've
1: no. That's good. I, I, I digressed, so that, that's You're a good. You're
0: firing me up with that because yeah. people talk about it all the time. Yeah. It's just yeah. rubbish. It's absolute garbage. Um, can I put a chart up? Yeah, similar chart to yours from Deutsche Bank. This is uh, FDIC insured deposits. Deposit taking financial bank failures since 2001 it's the exact same chart that you showed from Bloomberg and the light blue colour is the number of bank failures. But what I wanted to bring up this one for is because they have total assets in dark blue or in black. And what's interesting, even though we've continued to see a, uh, even though it's been falling, downward sloping number of bank failures, I mean, have a look on the far right-hand side now. <laughs> you, you probably can't notice that. But, but that is effectively, I mean, we've had two bank failures. Uh, there's probably more now. This your chart might be a few days old, but you're sitting at three hundred twenty. What is that billion. billion dollars? Wow! And that's in unlike, FDIC
1: insured deposit.
0: Unlike anything we've seen since the GFC. Amazing. And so you know, it, yes, it was the 16th largest bank. Um, anyway, I, th- I thought this is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, this is Deutsche Bank. And remember that although today's price action may seem bad, just imagine if SVB's uninsured deposit is around $120 billion and signatures around $80 billion had taken some sort of haircut. That would have been on a scale we didn't even see in 2008. Wow. So that would have been, if you look at it through that lens, something bigger than the global financial crisis. Um, that is big. You didn't, you didn't talk too much about this, but I put this together. Uh, this chart compares... I took the the uh SP regional bank ETF, I think it's Cree, the ticker. Uh, that's in purple here for those that are those that are watching. And then and then I put some I put the top four banks in there as well just to show what's the stock market telling us about the regional banks versus the top-tier banks. You got Wells Fargo, down so Regional banks down about twenty two percent over the last week. Wells Fargo down not even ten, JP Morgan down five, Bank of America down eleven, Citigroup down eleven. And so this tells me that there's even the market is, is distinguishing and segregating between regional banks and and the top tier yeah, banks. It's a good barometer. Um, I know, do you want to, is there anything you wanna to add to, to this at all? Uh, no,
1: that's that's a that's a yeah, it's a really good chart in terms of understanding um where where people are seeing the contagion being
0: mm. well or well bank of america just picked up 15 billion dollars deposits
1: yeah and then they've if they're, they're putting a, everyone's put the 30 billion dollars back into give, f- back to,
0: <laughs> give it <laughs> to, <laughs> to <laughs> us we'll, we'll give it back, to, we'll give give it to, back them. to them and we'll give it back to them um i'll bring this chart a up and merry go round this is um from j p morgan in, it was in the financial times the impact of unrealized losses on silicon valley bank was Exceptionally large. So, what it's got is it's got uh, all the banks ranked and it's ranked on common equity tier one capital ratio, which is represented by the blue dot. The red dot, this just blew my mind, is adjusted for unrealized losses on securities. So, mark to market, you adjust it for the value of your securities. And have a look at SVB, man. This thing is just—it is literally off the charts, and it is incredible wow. to now see this. Obviously, with the benefit of hindsight, yeah. Now these charts are coming around. No one ever published this chart, this chart prior, uh, prior to the fact. But this is interesting. theres it's, you got Signature Bank in there. At, where's Signature? Uh, three,
1: four lines down. At call it. Oh nine, yeah, gotcha. Oh yeah, just under eight billion.
0: Yeah, but I mean, go, go all the way down to First Republic yeah it's the fifth one two yep. three it's a six from the from the bottom i mean yep. it's it's one of the poor one of the lower tier one capital ratio banks at the moment Yeah, and, and you know pump no, 30 billion into it no surprise mm-hmm. so maybe keep a keep an eye out for Truist and u.s bank corp and zions is the other yeah, one yeah these are the
1: other ones bank Jeez. of america
0: doesn't look too so but I, mean, I thought i thought this is this is really interesting yeah
1: really really interesting
0: um took words out of my mouth before about Moody's uh, downgraded the banks, but I might, I might just um, so the, the headline was Moody sees harder times ahead for all U.S. banks. Uh, incredibly helpful, Moody's, thank you, and puts six on downgrade watch. And it might be the six that we just put up in that chart, in that chart um, from from J.P. Morgan. Um,
1: not really leading indicators. These reports are they,
0: mate? <laughs> yeah, let's let's not go. Going- Uh, Any more on that? Hey, um, one thing I read, um, and I'll bring this headline up now, is bank turmoil, 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 termites. It's termites in the banking system, that's for sure. Bank turmoil highlights this nation's lack of deposit insurance. After the implosion of three US lenders, Kiwis are squirming over the lack of deposit protection for savers. Did you know New Zealand does not have a deposit insurance? None, no deposit insurance. The New Zealand government is in the process of passing legislation that will guarantee as much as one hundred thousand dollars New Zealand per depositor per bank, but is not expected to be enacted until Jeez. later in twenty twenty three. Finance Minister Grant or Grant Robertson said there are no plans to fast track the <laughs> legislation as the government wants to get it right. And I thought this was beautiful from uh, Bloomberg, uh, quote unquote. It's a trade off, Kensington said. Um, you probably, I think uh, you probably wouldn't. You go, probably wouldn't go two months without your car being insured while you work out which was the best insurance company to go with. How good is that? <laughs> that's so true, right? <laughs> that is so true. You take it yeah, out and take you, it out, and you would deal with it later. Yeah, that's right. And reassess right now, it. You've got, you've
1: got amend the amend, amend the legislation later, right? When you've worked out, hey, actually.
0: Later in 2023, that's crazy. The world that may not even be a problem anymore. Yeah, I wonder if there's a bank run in in New, in Zealand. New Zealand. That's yeah. a good one to
1: watch. Is there much money in New Zealand? Uh, no, no <laughs> I
0: shouldn't say that. Um, but
1: you, you know what? You're, you're right. There could be. There could be a situation of a, a lack it's of. Fucking confidence. ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So all of a sudden, the U.S. is saying we're backstopping every dollar in deposit. Australia's got the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Although I don't think Australia, for you know, I wrote about it um, last week. Australia doesn't have the same issues that, that the U.S. has, no. and and therefore I think it's a stretch to say that contagion is is likely to come to us. Do you want to just go a
1: bit into 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 that um, article you wrote around, um, around the Australian banking system? Yeah. Sure. Well, I
0: didn't. The I I wrote the piece, but I had a link. Um, let me get it here.
1: I think that's just a pretty important one for us to understand.
0: Yeah, I'll just bring the article up. Um, it was in it was in the AFR, uh, and I'll just bring that up now. It's four reasons the SVB collapse can't happen here uh, in a, in, a, in Australia, um, and the the four reasons they um, the AFR go into. Um, the first one is they go and talk about how th- how Australia. When they take deposits, they lend the money. Yeah, and so I think you said you were talking about before, maybe before we we, we started recording, that like eighty or ninety percent of the deposits weren't weren't being lent out. Or
1: yeah, I think there was only about ten percent um, being lent out to venture debt. Right. Um, and the what, yeah, what was the
0: rest? Investments.
1: Investments, because yeah, obviously the for VCs at that point in time there wasn't a lot of uh, capital raisings going on. People were waiting and seeing so. It um, was just being held.
0: Australian banks don't have significant amounts of their deposits sitting in treasury securities, mortgage-backed securities or other liquid investments. The value of the securities on the SVB balance sheet was vulnerable to movements in interest rates. This is not an issue for um, Australian banks. As further protection for the stability of the local banks, their primary lending is mortgages. Uh, the value of the assets is moving with the interest rates because 85 90% of mortgage lending is on floating rates. Um the Whereas sec-
1: the U.S. has those 30-year 30, 30 fixed rates at 3%, right?
0: Did you see Torsten Slock of Apollo talk about that last week? No. Mate, he's listening to the podcast and he saw us point, <laughs> point that out he's uh, coming up with a cool yeah, chart on that. Se- second reason is uh, SVB-style collapse is a remote possibility in Australia because Australian banks have strong incentives to make sure they hedge interest rates in their bank books, unlike that of what we saw in, yeah. um, in, in SVP, SVB. Um, the other thing is... APRA, in in the US, there are a number of effectively authorities whereby you. Can, I think I don't know if you can choose, but you, you sort of fit into which authority that you need to abide by. Whereas Australia, you've you've got APRA, yeah, and yeah. so that's just the one, and you got to listen to all, you got to abide by all the rules. In fact, after the GFC, when they imposed. I think it was Dodd Frank, and they posed all the title legislation legislation for the banks. I think it was in 2017 or 18 or 19, 17, when Trump was in administration. He wound back um, although a lot of the rules, um, and this and um, SVB CEO at the time was uber supportive of the winding winding back of of the rules, and a massive supporter of of Trump's um, changes to mm. to capital requirements. Interestingly, that's the one that, that fell off. Third reason for SVB-style disasters should not happen here is the dominance of sticky retail deposits. Australia does not have the lumpy, concentrated deposits found at SVB. Fourth reason is that Australia does not allow a bank to choose its regulator. Uh, or ADIs uh, all have to abide by the same regulatory regime. So which I thought, I think there are four really key and very uh, concise reasons why that SVB issue should, we shouldn't see something like that Um in, in Australia. But poor old New Zealand. Um, I'm, I mean, if I had my money there, I'd, I'd probably pull it out. And I don't know, what would you do with it? Put it under in your Australia. bed? Move to Australia? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to add anything else there? Or do you want to jump into what's going on with the interest rate? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, let's talk about interest rates. Okay, cool. Uh, let's, let's jump over here. Um, so we've, we've now seen the US Treasury... It was 5.06% just eight days ago, the two-year Treasury. Now we're sitting at 3.93% as of this morning. And so now it's implying Feds are going to be cutting rates pretty pretty damn quickly. Whether they hold, then cut, or cut – I don't think they'll cut straight away. Um, but let me – I'll bring this chart up now. The amount of turbulence we've seen and volatility we've seen in the Treasury market is is almost – is almost unprecedented. This is bespoke. Today's move is on pace to be the fifth straight day that the yield mo- yield has moved more than 20 basis points up or down in a single day. To put that in- move into perspective, the only other time that two-year has had as many 20-day basis point moves in succession over the last 45 years was in December 1980. Outside of the early 1980s, there has never been another time when the yield on the two-year even moved 20 bits for three consecutive days. Two-year treasuries have always been one of the most stable asset classes across the financial spectrum but they've failed on that front lately. Wow. I mean that just goes to show like the the force this has had on the financial markets around the world. I mean it's easy to point the finger at SVB and say you idiots why were you so concentrated with your with your customer base and why did you put your money into bonds? But who the fuck would have thought this would have actually mm. been possible? Who would have fathomed that this was actually a risk? Yeah. W- was this a, was this a risk on, you know, the 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 top risks for 2023. The fuck was thinking about this shit? <laughs> definitely not me, and definitely not a lot of other people as yeah. well. Um, I'll bring this chart up again. This is the ten year approaching its t- its uh, years lows from Bloomberg Haven in demand. Um, the the red line is the yield, and you've got a, the yellow lines the 200 day moving average, and that's just breached. It's two hundred day moving average. We're sitting north of four percent. The ten year yield is now approaching sub three point five at the moment, which is really indicating now um, rate cuts are uh, very much on the cards now. So you think they've gone too hard on rates? Too hard, too, too fast? fast. Well, we, t- we, we we spoke about this earlier. We spoke about it in the past. Um, we really didn't get an opportunity mm. to see the full uh, impact yeah, of what interest rates were doing. Yeah, and unfortunately. These things just – I feel like these things just happen. They Every tail risk is a tail risk, and by definition it's a tail risk, so you don't know what it is. And so this is the tail risk that no one has been speaking about, no one's picked it up, and it's just – this is the thing that, that, that broke. Uh, implied – again, uh, this is from Bespoke. Uh, implied Fed funds rates through January 2024. Um, current policy, you've got – um a bit under 4.75 what's really interesting have a look at the blue line like two days before all of this happened you've got rate rises um and have a look at that slope it's just an upward sloping and then sort of flattened down out but then have a look what happened days later you've got a very steeply downward sloping slope Mm. on the yield curve um through to 2024 and so the market currently is pricing a bit more than 225 basis point uh, – sorry, they were pricing in a bit more than 225 basis point rate hikes, but today they're pricing in two and a half cuts.
1: It's amazing how quickly things shift.
0: That's a Fed pivot, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's here. Um, this this one was really interesting. This is from uh, Apollo. Um Torsten Slock, from no landing to hard landing. Torsten glows on, I'll I'll, I'll quote Torsten now, when the facts change, my views change, a financial accident has happened and we are going from no landing to a hard landing driven by tighter credit conditions. Small banks account for 30% of all loans in the US economy. I did not know that. Wow. And regional and community banks are likely to now spend several quarters repairing their balance sheets. This likely means much tighter lending standards and firms and households even if the Fed would start cutting rates this this year. With the regional banks playing a key role in US credit extension, the Fed will not raise interest rates next week, and we have likely seen the peak in both short and long-term rates during this cycle. And he goes on to say in this chart that we've got up here now, tighter credit conditions are coming. All banks to the right of SVB are likely to immediately start uh, reorganising their balance sheets. You have a look at their percentage cumulative assets. Have a look at JP Morgan, 15%. Bank of America, twenty six percent. Citibank, thirty four. Wells mm. Fargo, forty two. And then you've got SVB at sixty three. First National Bank of PA. What's PA? Pennsylvania, eighty yeah. percent. Man, wow. There, there, there's potentially this is this could potentially be a massive domino effect. Yeah, massive.
1: Um, so any it's risk off for these guys effectively?
0: One hundred percent. Um,
1: so liquidity should be tightening up. I think we're already seeing that <laughs> yeah. throughout all, all major markets. Yep. Um, that's going to have some well, We've, we've seen that in
0: Australia. We've seen uh, lending growth just shrink and yeah. shrink and shrink. We've seen uh, auction clearance rates start to rise. We've seen prices start to flatten out and more recently start to edge up higher. But I think all of that needs to be supported by lending growth. Unless lending growth is coming in, that's right. that, I think that's quite fragile. Um, although, having said that, we are now starting to see immigration jump significantly. Um, we've got new laws coming in effect next year that's going to um, open the gates to the migrants from India to to come mm. in as well. And mate, once they're here, they're not going anywhere. No, They're going to do whatever they can that's to, right. to stay. And so um, that's something to watch over the next few weeks as well. Um, I've got a few other things I, I was going to cover, but look, it's probably just regurgitating some of the other things we've talked about. I'll bring this one last chart up, actually. It's the yield curve in Australia, uh, where the blue line is as of yesterday, last night. The And what's probably the key takeout here is the green dotted line where we were one month ago and the orange dotted line where we were six months ago. We have seen a massive, just a massive drop in Rate expectations. So, again, interesting to see what the RBA does. I'll put my money on the fact that it's probably going to hold. Yep. Me too. Um, do you want to quickly have a look at directors' cuts?
1: Yeah, got an interesting one mm. on directors' cuts today. So, Africa is gradually splitting into two. Look at, look at this image.
0: What um, is happening there?
1: It's massive. Um, so the S- Somali and Nubian tectonic plates are slowly disintegrating from each other. Wow. While the Arabian plate continues to pull away. So it'll take between 5 and 10 million years with fault lines winding 7 millimetres every year, but eventually the continent will be split into two Fascinating. subcontinents. It's pretty crazy. It means landlocked countries like Rwanda, Uganda, Burundi, um, Cong- De- De- Democratic Republic of Congo, Malawi and Zambia would have... A, a coastline, pretty crazy.
0: Maybe good for tourism. Meanwhile, Australia's talking about fucking national prawn day. <laughs> Look what's happening around the world, man! <laughs> Ridiculous. I know
1: it's crazy, but Ridiculous. Uh, it won't happen in our lifetime. But it's pretty, pretty fascinating.
0: Um, that's really interesting. Actually, um, I saw I saw yesterday um, Microsoft are now launching uh, their software called Copilot. Did you see this? No, so it's it's a GPT like um, AI. Oh, there's a new ChatGPT
1: too. What is that? Um, they they released the new ChatGPT four, I think it is. What's
0: oh right, it? okay. GPT four
1: uh, version four. Um, so, so GPT four. Right. So supposedly this is blowing. The, the last version of ChatGPT out of the water.
0: Doesn't surprise me. Yeah,
1: you can you can upload images now ah, and get it to do things. So wow. you could hand write on a, on a napkin an idea a sketch for your website, what you want it to look like, upload it to that and get ChatGPT to effectively put that into code.
0: For Fascinating. You. Yeah, crazy. Well, co, co-pilot will now um, sink into PowerPoint, Excel, wow. Word... And it will create documents for you. It will create presentations for you. It will analyze and visualize um, data for you. Syncs into Teams. It'll provide key takeouts, action items. Um, it, it literally just got released last night. This morning. I don't know if there's an additional cost to it, or whether you have to have some sort of subscri- particular subscription. But this is. I'm in. That's great. This is yeah. This is this is this is awesome. Um, do you want to wrap up with uh, tips and recommendations? Do you do you have anything, or is just me today? No, no, I've uh, <laughs> left it to me. Uh, I, I my recommendation is going to be I got, got to lean on you for this one. Ah, for
1: that's it. all right. So I went I went to Pearl Oyster Bar last week. Pretty good. If you if you head there, talk to to Jan front of house, and, and Max is the chef. So so they do vegan. Small little place. No oyster, Well, <laughs> vegan vegan wine. Oh, you, can, yeah. you can just drink the Chablis.
0: Just go get blind.
1: Yeah, just get blind. But they, they specialize in uh, uh, Chablis and, and, and oysters. Mm. So for those who are...
0: Mate, you, this is why the economy is going so well. People <laughs> like you running around in these fancy restaurants. Last week it was Cumulus. Today you're at an oyster bar. I had bar. a friend
1: in from Japan, so <laughs> I needed to take them somewhere, okay. uh, somewhere nice <laughs> when, when they were here. <laughs> But yeah, it's not, I mean, you know, you're paying 25, 25 bucks plus for a glass of wine these days. Um, good wine. Crazy. Crazy, right? It's crazy. Um, absolutely insane. I mean, they've got some pretty nice stuff here. If you're into oysters, they, they temp control all their oysters and strictly open them to order. Um, and there's some crazy varieties that they've got there. They've got a five-year-old Rouge Moonlight Flat uh, oyster, which is, I mean, you don't need oysters anymore, but delicious ne-
0: I even when I uh, even when I was, before I went vegan I didn't I never You never? Ate them?
1: No. Didn't like them? No, didn't like that. Just yeah, that slimy texture. Not for everyone but uh delicious. They also do a made to order uh, beef tartare which is uh, a winner. Yeah, right. Um and yeah, for those who like their Chablis, it's uh yeah, they've got some really good varieties, some good grant. I'll oh, make sure to share there. that
0: for the non-vegans <laughs> to go on go and visit the oyster bar. Yeah. Um my recommend I got Oh, well, one and a half. My recommendation is going to be that wine we had last week. That red. Ah, yeah, man, you like that? Like, I went home. I said, I said, David said, John picked this wine. It was so good. So That's my rec-
1: Yeah, eighty-eight bucks bottle. At, yeah, eighty-eight bucks. That's um, no, good. Oh, uh, well, and, and out as well. So, probably cheaper at home. But that was a. That's my. what was that? Tell, us, tell um, us about the red wine that we had, because that's my recommendation. All right. So, that was a. I'll, I'll have to. While you're read, looking. Right well, into the region. So, Gamay is a, a purple colored grape variety used in red wines, notably grown in the Lior Valley. Um, and yeah, it's an old, old style vine. Uh, with uh, it's it's uh, sweetness is is it's a dry wine. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing a bit of googling here because I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a extremely uh, um, we'll put it, we'll, wine connoisseur. But
0: we'll, we'll put a link to the wine. Yeah, it's we'll, bloody good. Next time you want right, to try, we'll it, that. have a go. Finally, I, I I went through. We finished swimming last Friday with the boys and went through to Box Hill to go have some dinner. And you know how Box Hill's done like a massive like. Revamp yeah. their food court and yep. whatnot. I don't know if you've seen this. There's this place um, they do like. There's like fried food and they've got other things in the glass window in front. You know how normally in like Asian restaurants you see the guy making or the lady making noodles and wontons and and whatnot. In the glass there, there are there is a, a robot hanging off the ceiling, and it is this ginormous robotic arms arm or arms. It's a fryer. This thing. It just comes down, and it has a sticker. It says, "I never overcook, over or undercook." Oh, wow! And I should try and find. I took a video of it, and so it, pick, it picks up um, the chips into the into the basket, picks up the basket into the fryer, and then it slowly turns it around to the next fryer, pulls the cooked ones out, Fantastic. shakes it, and puts it to the side for I don't know the people to do whatever they need to do. Then keeps going. This is uh, gonna, Un- unemployment. This, cause, yeah, this could cause unemployment to go up. <laughs> unemployment <laughs> is going up. Although there's a
1: there's a funny one <laughs> I saw the hand. other night as well, um, where uh, it was a similar machine but a hot dog one. So it would pick up the hot dog oh, yeah. and try and put it in the bun, and it <laughs> stuffed it up. And it just would
0: <laughs> It's like the useless employee. It's like <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Uh, good times. Um, all right, awesome. Um, I think we're done look good uh it was a big one we covered today so check us out on spotify and youtube and we'll catch you guys next week thanks guys my name is robert baharian and i'm the founder and ceo of baharian wealth management afsl five two six seven nine eight. the information contained in this podcast by me and or our guests may include general advice and does not consider your personal circumstances you should seek personal advice from a registered financial advisor who can consider whether the general advice is right for you.